We've got one. It took 14 games, but we have one. Sack season is here. Heckingbottom is out. And this is the reason Burnley 5, Sheffield United 0. You can't do this if you're going to uh, another relegation struggler and a team in Burnley that have not been prolific at all. If you look at the pressure monitor on oddalerts.com, you can see it is a sea of home pressure. Many, many shots in the second half as well. 19 shots in total for Burnley compared to the six of Sheffield United. Sheffield United did not turn up. I know they had a man sent off, but they have gifted relegation rivals Burnley a very, very important victory. And this is, I believe, a sackable offence. Now, I must say, and it is important to say, that Heckenbottom has done a fantastic job at Sheffield United. He came in in tough conditions. He's in tough conditions. He was in tough conditions. But when he came in, there was issues at the club. He's had to run it through a transfer embargo and still got promoted, not had the funds to improve the squad so that they can compete properly in the Premier League, and at the same time lost key players this summer. So he's gone. Uh, last year, I think we had 14, I believe, sackings. And of course, there's 20 clubs, so that is over half. And you've got some teams that sacked multiple managers. And that number grows even more if you include people like Gary O'Neill, who were sort of sacked, sort of let go, sort of thanks for what you did, but bye. Now, Chris Wilder potentially coming in. He might even be confirmed by the time you're watching this video. I think he'll be given the title of interim manager. That is the definition of he knows the club. Does he have the players to play the same way he did when they first came into the Premier League? You know, the, the, the fullbacks uh, bombing on up the field. I, I think they'll get caught out. Everybody's sort of adapted to it now. They adapted to it in the, in the very next season, or rather they were able to exploit it. So Heckenbottom is out. We have our first sacking, but who will be next? These are the latest odds, and uh, actually this website has not updated that Heckenbottom has been sacked, so he's still at the top, um, but heavy, heavy odds on, so that was probably yesterday. Steve Cooper, 3-1, to one, is the next favourite, and then it is Eric Ten Hag, 6-1. to one. Vincent Company, 20-1, to one, who obviously inflicted that 5-0 defeat on Sheffield United. Vincent Company, I think, was in real danger, and it's going to be an interesting relegation battle. I think there's teams that could get pulled into it that you might not think of. I think Palace um, and, uh, incidentally, Roy Hodgson is also 20-1. to 1. My favourite from this list, or the one that I think offers a bit of value, is Roy Hodgson. Um, they lost four out of the last five games before they played West Ham, and then they drew West Ham at the weekend, 1-1. There's nothing exciting about Crystal Palace for me. And I, I don't get excited about watching their games. But when you look at the squad, and I'm not even just talking about Elise and Eze, the obvious candidates, but they've got Gahey, Anderson at the back. Anderson's passing is sensational. These kind of players, Mitchell as the left back as well, Dean Henderson to come back in as the first choice keeper. It's not a bad squad. I think they're a midfielder and a really, really good centre-forward away from challenging for that sort of top 10 to top 6 space. They sort of get there, don't they, at the end of the season. They'll finish mid-table, they'll go on a bit of a run, but right now they're in no sort of form. And more importantly, because I think they'll stay up, if you want someone to, to keep you up this season, you know, um, Sheffield United, appoint Roy Hodgson if he gets the sack. And I don't think it will necessarily be a sack. I think if they can get Graham Potter on board with this job, they should bring him in and transition uh, Roy Hodgson to some sort of technical director, somebody that could work closely with Graham Potter. I think that would be a fantastic move for Crystal Palace. If Roy is okay with it, this is the thing, Roy Hodgson will keep Crystal Palace up. There's, there's no doubt about that. But when you've got players like Elise and Eze in the team and you've got other very good young players that 
are being looked at and some of them will leave regardless but would you not rather do all you can to keep them and uh, build an identity at the club and bring in a coach that has got a good track record of improving players and um, creating a kind of team and a team spirit that you can see on the pitch. For the Chelsea part of Graham Potter's career, I don't really count that too much because that was a mess. He entered a mess, right? Tuchel was sacked. He came in and he was in the midst of all those transfers and the takeover and the, the, the crazy noise around Chelsea. He also had a sort of backlog of all the players that were expecting to leave in the next six months. They knew they were going. They had big offers from Saudi or wherever. So he had to deal with all that. And actually, there were some good performances in there, especially in the Champions League. But we'll see what happens with Crystal Palace. So Eric Ten Hag, should he be the next favourite? Um... Eric Ten Hag is an interesting one, isn't it? I've seen a lot of people, Gary Neville included, saying, uh, here we go again, Groundhog Day, because they feel that the players are the problem at Manchester United, and they are, of course, they're the ones on the pitch. I just think there's got to be something wrong in that dressing room. The attitude of the players, I think Roy Keane hits the nail on the head as well. You know, who are you looking towards when you're on the pitch and things aren't going right? Who is that senior pro you look through the other teams at the top they've got loads of them or they've they've got at least one you know if you look at Arsenal you've got characters in that team now and they're not they don't necessarily have to be these big physical players but they're just characters who have the quality and the composure and the temperament as well mentally to say look it's okay there's plenty of time we're gonna get through this game let's dictate the tempo let's make this game our own for the next five ten minutes Odegaard being one of them, Jesus, Zinchenko, those two signings, brilliant signings for Arsenal in terms of what they did for the mentality of the team. City, I mean, where do you start? They're everywhere. Every one of those players, and this is what Man United really need, and Tottenham have got it. Doesn't matter who they put on the pitch, they're all invested into the system. When you watch Man United, it feels like they're not. For the first 10-15 minutes, they try it because you can see that, oh, this is what they've been working on, right? In the first 10-15 minutes for Man United, then something changes. Then they get put under a bit of pressure or there's a yellow card or something happens, right? And they just sort of crumble. They just fall apart because some of the players are just like, whatever. That's what it feels like. They're not there. They're not 100% invested into the system, into the philosophy. But when you look at Man City, Liverpool, Tottenham, Chelsea now as well. These players are not just invested into the system. They're actively trying to think, is it working? What's happening? What can we do? Someone like Bernardo Silva, Rodri, Stones even, Carl Walker, they're they're always telling people where to go to move. And it takes a while to learn it, to invest into it. Like, you know, look at Grealish when he first got there. Individualistic player. But you get into that culture where you've got those senior pros that are pushing the system. They're pushing the way of playing. Ajax do it very well, or they did. They're having a very bad season, of course. But the way their squad is set up, the under-9s have the same culture and philosophy as the senior team. And at Man United, you just look at that squad, and I think the Jadon Sancho thing sticks out to me. I think there has got to be a sort of fractured dressing room because Sancho is close with players like Rashford and Martial. Are they sort of Team Sancho or Team Ten Hag? And I don't mean publicly facing or even to Ten Hag's face, what is their actual feeling about the situation? Because it will almost certainly affect their relationship with the club and and the ideas that the manager has and the the general trust of the manager. There's reports coming out today that 
50% of the dressing room has lost faith with Eric Ten Hag. And um, yeah, six to one at the minute, that would be my sort of value bet for this looking at it because I think Steve Cooper has got enough credit in the bank. The home form is pretty solid, to be fair. If you're a Forest fan, um, you'll probably have no real worries about uh, going down this season. Let me and everyone else know in the comments who you think is going to get the sack next. How safe is Eric Ten Hag's job?